This message is provided by Bridgeway Community Church. Thanks for tuning in. Well, good morning, church. It's great to be with you here this morning. My name's Justin, and I'm on staff here at Bridgeway. I'm the student ministries pastor, so I get to work with high school and middle school students, otherwise known as a crazy person. That's who I am. So, uh, we are, uh, we're in the middle of this Transform series, and I'm really excited this morning because I have the honor of, of bringing this morning's message to you to kick, to kick off, continue kicking off this season that we're in where it's kind of end of summer, beginning of fall, and as we've uh, jumped into this season, we've jumped right into this series, and in this series, we've been discussing what it looks like to allow God to transform us in different areas of our lives, in risk areas, pain, tension, tribe. We've been looking, diving in, looking at all those things, and so first, Pastor Ron kicked off this series uh, talking about, preaching about how we could uh, continue to, to have renewed minds. And uh, and Pastor Mike even jumped in with this series talking about tribe as well. And so this morning, I'm actually going to carry us, continue carrying us through as we look to see what it looks like to allow God to transform us when it comes to our tensions. And so as I've been reflecting on my journey and thinking of all the different reasons and, and seasons of life that I've expected expected to experience tension, I come to the conclusion that there's this large spectrum, this large spectrum of severity for me when it comes to tension. Maybe you've recognized this with yourself as well. There's things that when, when I'm being honest, when it comes to this idea of tension, when it comes to tension, there's things that, man, if I'm being honest with myself, they're just not that big of deals that I've made into really big deals, there's things that, man, especially when I was a kid, just caused me to be tense. Maybe you've experienced that as well. We were all a little bit weird as kids, right? Like that's just a common thing for all of us. At some point, I think we all had weird things. So just bear with me as I give you a little piece of mind. I remember when I was a kid, one of those things, admittedly, one of those like really dumb things that caused way too much tension in my life was tags and t-shirts, You know what I'm talking about? Like as a kid, when every time I put a t-shirt on, I paid attention to how the tag in my shirt felt on the back of my neck. And some of you know this, like you've, you've had kids that had this thing for that, right? Or maybe some of you, when you were kids, this was you, or maybe this is you as an adult. But when I would put a t-shirt on as a kid, the first thing I pay attention to was how that tag felt on the back of my neck. And sometimes they're silky and smooth and you don't notice that they're there. And then other times... They're like hard and rough and crispy and scratchy and itchy. And I remember as a kid just putting shirts on and experiencing that. And I turned into that kid that's like, you know, and then the mom, my mom's trying to calm me down and I'm freaking out. And I hated the way certain tags felt in my shirts. It caused me so much tension that I had to ask my mom to cut out every single tag in any shirt that I ever owned. And that went even beyond tags. And as a kid, I I was the same kid. Clearly, I had some sensory things going on. I was the same kid that every time I put my shoes on, if my sock had like a crease in it on the sole of my foot, some of you are shaking your head. This resonates with you. I put my shoe on, and if the sock was bunched up in there, same thing. I 
want to throw my shoes off. I didn't want to wear socks ever, that type of deal. It just, I just had tension in weird moments as a kid. And yet, I, uh, I think this, I think it's, I can admit this. I can admit this to you. Uh, what I'm admitting to you is this, is that my parents raised a psychopath, <laughs> right? My parents deserve a vacation. That's what I'm saying. But as an adult, though, I think this. I think our tensions can become less trivial, can't they? Our tensions become different animals. Although transparently, I still cut a tag out of my shirt every now and then. Right? But as, as adults, our tensions become less trivial. And they can become truly life-altering. Whether you've got intense family dynamics at play or financial stress or pressure at work or school, our tension gets ratcheted up to the nth degree. And yet one thing I think is key to just dive in on, hone in on a little bit before we really dive into this conversation is that some of the things we deal with are tensions and yet other things we deal with are problems. And so the question we have to ask ourselves with the things that cause us stress in life is this. Is this a problem to solve or a tension to manage? Now, this is a great question that I can't take credit for. I, I heard this from a buddy of mine who's a pastor who I'm sure heard this from another pastor, right? But I, I heard this question at one point. I thought, man, there's so much truth in this that when it comes to our tensions, we have to we have to decide, is there truly a tension to manage or is it a problem to solve? Because problems have one-time solutions, don't they? Like one-time solution and then a problem is fixed. But tensions, they stick around. They don't go away. They can't be solved. See, tensions have to be managed. See, sometimes the decision as to whether something is a problem or is attention is completely up to us to decide, right? But and yet other times, it's completely out of our control. And yet we have to treat these things, we have to treat them based off of what they are and not what we want them to be. We can't have problems that, that we try to manage or tensions that we try to solve. It doesn't work quite that way. Yeah, I believe this. I believe that the tensions, the true tensions that we deal with are things that we can do less about. Because problems can be solved, tensions are things that we can do less about. And so with that distinction made this morning, I want to see what Scripture says on this idea of tension. The things that we face every day or every week or every month that just don't seem to go away. So a couple weeks ago, we had a an, an, an pretty like intense storm or a system of storms here in Michigan, didn't we? I read somewhere that, that we had actually like seven confirmed tornado touchdowns in our state, all stemming from just this one storm system that came through. Now, I got to tell you this. As a kid, I was petrified of storms, especially tornadoes. I grew up in the 90s, so I have no idea. Maybe it was the movie Twister that did it for me. But there were, I mean, tornadoes just tore me up. The idea of them scared me so much. And yet as an adult, though, I'm totally fascinated by them. 
I'm one of those crazy people that would think it would be a rush to like chase a tornado. Like, not on foot, but like in a tank that has like the speed of a motorcycle. That's realistic, right? <laughs> but nonetheless, I, I find storms insanely interesting. Have you ever noticed that with big storms, or specifically tornadoes, that their impact sometimes just doesn't seem to make any sense? Like some things get like completely demolished by a tornado, and yet other things in the exact same vicinity are completely untouched or unharmed. There's a tornado in Missouri a few years back that that tore through this entire area, and it was it was massive, and, and, and it, it uprooted so many different things. It did a, a bunch of damage to this area. And so I wanted to show you this picture because I find this so fascinating, is that this is a house from, from this area in Missouri that got hit by this tornado. It's a little bit fuzzy, but if you look closely, you can see obviously there's chaos, right? Like things are flipped over, things are moved, the roof is literally ripped off of the house. But what you can't see in this picture is that this house is no longer where it used to be, and now it's, it's sitting in the middle of a road. And so a, a tor- this tornado that came through, it lifted this house up, moved it or shifted it somehow, maybe it slid across the ground, and it broke away from its foundation. Now it's sitting directly in the middle of the road, and in the midst of all this craziness and all this chaos that is caused by these storms, I want you to zoom in on one little thing here. The second picture, right on the countertop, is Grandmama's cake. <laughs> it's, it's insane to me to think that storms that have that much power, that can do that much damage, cause that much chaos, yet in the midst of it, there could be a cake just sitting there completely untouched while the rest of the world around it was thrown into disarray. So I think back to that storm that we experienced a couple weeks ago. And I could see elements of this in my own backyard. Not as extreme as this, right? But I could certainly see elements of this like in my own backyard, smaller examples. And as those storms came through, I remember, I remember watching it because, again, I'm, I'm a weirdo that likes watching storms. I should have been in the basement. And trust me, at one point, like the wind blew hard enough where I ran, sprinted down, and joined my family in the basement. Uh, but I remember looking out into the backyard just watching things. And I watched the trampoline get lifted up, and I thought it was going to go, and it came back down. And so as I'm watching everything, uh, I, I realized that, like, our garden is just getting hammered. We have, this, we have this garden off to the side in our backyard with all sorts of fruits and vegetables and things in it. And so the next day when I went back out there to check on the garden again, I look in uh, this, this patch of the garden that my, my wife planted a bunch of sunflowers, like big mammoth sunflowers. And, and it was so interesting to me because I felt like I saw a little bit of this in my own backyard where some of these sunflowers were completely bent and knocked all the way over and other ones sitting right next to the ones knocked over were completely strong and standing up. I think back even to a storm we had earlier in the summer that came through. And it knocked everything around on my back porch, like furniture knocked over, my grill right over on its side. And yet, sitting on the railing was this small, tiny, almost weightless potted flower that never got touched. Right next to the grill that smashed onto my back deck. You see, something stood and yet some things fell. 
And I can't help but wonder this morning that when the winds of tension swirl around us, how do we as Jesus followers stay grounded in Christ? And that brings us to our, our scripture this morning. I want to read from the book of James this morning. So if you have your Bibles with you, you want to grab a Bible out of the seat back in front of you, you can open up to the book of James, which is written by the author James. Surprise, surprise. You can find this sandwiched in between the book of Hebrews and 1 Peter. So you find Hebrews, the very next book is James. So we're going to look, open up to the book of James and look at chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And this is what James 1, 2 through 4 says. It says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Oh man, I, I don't know about you, but when I read this passage of scripture, it, that sound, this right here, it sounds like the exact opposite of what I would prefer to do with my tensions in my life. Like God, you want me, wait, God, you want me to sit in them? You want me to sit in my tensions? God, that's the last thing I want to do. I want to run away from them. I don't want to sit in them. And so I've started this, this little bit of theme this morning with, with nature, whether it's been storms or, or plants. And so I want to keep this nature theme going, and I want to ratchet up the tension. I know this seems counterproductive, but just for a moment, I want to ratchet up the tension right here in this room. I want to watch a clip from a documentary called Planet Earth. If you love animals, this documentary is for you. And this clip from Planet Earth, I think, is a perfect example of how a lot of us react at times to life's stresses, strains, and tensions. Let's watch this together. All right, who in here guessed that this morning at church you'd be stressed out for a lizard? <laughs> One person in the back, they knew it, it was coming, right? Is it, I want to tell you this this morning, isn't that us? Isn't that us when it comes to the tension of life sometimes? That we would do anything to hightail it out of there and get as far away from our tensions as we possibly can so that we don't have to deal with them. I want to bring, I want to bring back this, this passage from James. And I want to look again at this chapter one. I want to look again at this verse that says this. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy. Now, I'm not positive because I haven't had a conversation with that iguana, but I highly doubt that it would say that that experience it just had was full of joy. <laughs> and I highly doubt that any of us here in this room would consider our daily tensions joyful experiences either. And yet we're called to consider it pure joy. But here's the deal. It's not necessarily that we're supposed to consider the trials themselves pure joy. It's, it's the result of our steadfastness during tension that helps us find pure joy. Again, verse 3 says this. Because you know 
Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. You see, that is the joy, the pure joy that James is referring to in this passage. It's that through trials, through tension, we can find the result of our steadfastness and our faith as pure joy because God transforms tension into perseverance. See, living a a stress or tension-free life isn't about what happens to us or what happens around us. It's not about avoiding tension. That's not how you live a stress-free or a tension-free life is to avoid tension. Tension is inevitable. A lot of us in the room know this already. We've experienced it. But you see, rather, it's about what we do with our tension, or more accurately, what we allow God to do with it. And so again, verse three says this, but I wanna put the emphasis on the beginning of verse three. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, verse three, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. But it's hard for us to know it if we're constantly running away from it. You see, many times we prefer to just avoid it altogether like that iguana running for its dear life, wouldn't we? And yet God is saying, no, 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 no. Just wait because I'm going to do a thing right here with this. I'm gonna do something with this. And if you lean into this instead of away from it and in turn you lean into a relationship with me during this, Instead of thinking, how can I solve this on my own, then you'll see what I have planned for you with this. Then you'll see what I have planned for you through this. That's what God's saying to us. And so what if instead we're actually called in our tensions to rest in them? Not run away from them, but rest in them. Not purge them from our lives, but Allow God to work and move in the midst of them. What if we're called to find God's peace in the midst of our tension? Maybe we'd react differently to it. Maybe we'd react a little bit more like this. I love that. At one point, it almost looks like that lizard was like falling asleep. (laughs) Did you see that? Its eyes just like slowly shut. Could, Could you imagine this? Could you imagine being so calm, like so at peace, in the middle of a moment where you should be filled with tension, that you basically, you just flop over (laughs) and lay down, exposing like the most vulnerable part of yourself in doing so. If you've ever been around animals at all in your life, you probably recognize that the belly is pretty much their most vulnerable spot. It's it's why we've all like known a cat that if you go to touch its belly again, it kind of looks at you with like this, this quizzical look of, of like, come at me again and see what happens. <laughs> it's, why, it's why a turtle will do literally anything not to get flipped over onto its back. Because it's got this like protective shell on its back that it can literally hide in and be protected from attack. But as soon as it gets flipped over and its belly is exposed, it's susceptible to serious damage. 
And so one question that, that I can't help but think of this morning is this. During times of tension, what vulnerable part of you are you hiding from God, thinking you can stay safe or protected by hiding it underneath his hard exterior shell? And yet we don't have to be like turtles, reclusively withdrawing within ourselves, hiding from God and the world to avoid more pain. You see, because we've been transformed. That's what this series is about. We've been transformed by God. And in moments of tension, if we allow him to, God comforts. God builds us up. God heals us. Through our weakness, he is made strong. Check this out. In Psalm 94, verse 19, it says this. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Some of the greatest joy I've experienced in life has come from moments where I experienced tension, invited God in, and just sat in his presence, soaked in his presence, sought his guidance, his wisdom, his will for my life, and trusted his sovereignty. See, it was a reminder for me that nothing I face in this life is bigger than my God. No minuscule daily stress or no massive life-altering news. And this realization makes that thing that I'm facing, this realization makes that thing that you're facing that much smaller. Even if that thing actually is really big in our world. See, that thing standing next to God, it's right-sized. And sometimes we focus on how, bad, how big that thing seems, and we forget to remember how big our God is. Sometimes it's more about what, about what God will do in us in the presence of our tensions without getting rid of them. Psalm 23, verses 5 through 6 says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, God transforms our tension into perseverance. And through perseverance, deep-seated faith in Jesus is formed. That's what it looks like letting perseverance finish its work. It's finding our greatest hope in Jesus. And it's at that point that we can look at tension as opportunity for growth through experience. We can look at it under a different light and through a different lens. And when I think specifically about perseverance, I can't help but think of one of our greatest weapons. And it's this. That if we're going to be transformed into people who persevere in Christ, with Christ, then we've got to do this. We've got to make specific, steadfast prayer our routine. We've got to make specific, steadfast prayer our routine. And I get it. When you hear this, it's like, yes, I, I know. I heard this in church a million times. Like, I need to pray. I need to pray. It's the churchiest thing you could have said to me at this juncture. But I want you to hone in on this. Make specific, steadfast prayer your routine. Romans 12, 12 says this. 
it really encapsulates everything we've talked about this morning. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Be joyful in hope. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kind. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Patient in affliction. And faithful in prayer. I remember when I was, uh, I was like late elementary school, I was asked by a neighbor family. It was like my best friend, one of my best friends growing up, about five houses down from my family's. Uh, I was asked by them to watch, kind of like watch over their house while they were gone on vacation as they went up to the Upper Peninsula. And so it's like a fifth or sixth grader, they asked me to like come over and I had a few different responsibilities. Like some of them was like, you know, making sure things were locked up still, nothing was broken into in the house or whatever, turning the pump on at the pool outside, feeding the 17 stray cats that they fed and kept around for whatever reason. But one of the things I remember was I also had to water their flowers outside. And I'll never forget the first time that I showed up to water the flowers as like a fifth or sixth grade uh, student at the time. And who really probably like never watered flowers before in my life at that point. And I remember like grabbing the water and this is essentially how I would water a plant. I'd go up to it and just be like, and I'd walk away. <laughs> that was it. I'd just walk up to each hanging pot that she had and I'd just be like, and walk away. And I found out really quickly, like two days later when I came back, that that wasn't suffice. <laughs> That the plants, that they needed more than just that one little spray from like five feet away that I was giving it. I learned that the amount of water that I was giving those plants was just a taste of the water that they'd need. It was just a glimpse of life, really. It was just a glimpse of the life that they needed and that they could have. And so maybe you've heard the, the phrase, covered in prayer, Maybe you've heard the phrase covered in prayer before. And I want to tell you this this morning, church, if we're not covering our tensions in specific, steadfast prayer over and over, giving it time, giving it our prayer, our conversation with God, making sure that it's completely covered, And that we might miss out on an opportunity to see what God's going to do in us in the midst of the tensions that we face. So church, I encourage you this morning, be faithful in prayer. Completely cover the tensions that get you stressed, that get you angry, that get you worried. Cover them in daily disciplined prayer and watch how God continues to grow you in what might seem like the desert. I'm, I'm guilty as charged. There's been so many times where I'm like, God, I need to pray over this tension in my life. And I give it that one drive-by, fly-by prayer. And I'm like, prayed for, and I move on. And yet God's calling me to have more conversation with him about it. And I believe in the power of prayer. And if I believe wholeheartedly in the power of prayer, then man, why wouldn't I pray more than just a drive-by prayer? See, God wants us to continue having conversations with him in the midst of the tension so that we can see how he's gonna transform it and transform us. And so, church, my prayer this morning is that we'd be encouraged by that. 
encouraged to see that God calls us to live a life transformed for him, that our tensions don't have to define us. Our stresses, our anxieties, our worries, they don't have to define us. But we can, we can be defined by something greater, by a perseverance and faith in Jesus. Church, let me pray for us as we continue to worship this morning. Father God, my prayer this morning is that we would just continue to lean into you in the moments that feel stressful. God, in the moments that feel anxious, in the moments that feel like our tension is gonna swallow us alive, God, my prayer is that we would continue to lean into you, that we would go to you in prayer and lift up prayer to you, recognizing that, God, you're gonna work in the midst of whatever we're going through. God, whether it is small things like a tag and a t-shirt that we've just blown up into these bigger things, or God, whether it's something that truly is life-altering, my prayer is that when we set it next to you, we remember how much bigger you are. God, that's my prayer this morning, is that you would continue to move in the midst of those tensions. God, will we, will we not be fearful of them? God, may we be people who don't run away from them, but God, who stand up against them with all the confidence in the world that you're going to get us through. God, that you're gonna more than get us through. Even if it doesn't look like some big superhero effort where we come out looking like the big hero at the end, God, my prayer is this, is that through our steadfastness and our faith in you, that we remember no, no matter what happens, you're in control. You're the king. You're on the throne. God, don't we trust you with that? God, may we, may we continue to worship you in moments that, that feel like, ah, I just can't shake this tension. God, maybe there's people here in this room this morning that right now have had a tension that they even walked in here with this morning and it's been eating away at them and yet, God, you're saying, no, 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 I don't need you to focus on the tension. I need you to focus on me. God, would you, would you help us do that right now here in this moment as we continue to praise and worship you. Jesus, your name is worthy of prayer. God, Jesus, your name is worthy of worship. Your name is, is worthy of steadfastness. And so God, would you, would you continue to instill us with those things so that we can follow you and follow you well. And so we do just that, praying and worshiping and praising the name of Jesus. And it's in that name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Check out our app or website at bridgewaycommunity.org for more messages or to take the sermon one step deeper by downloading the Sermon Discussion Guide.